Hello, hello, and welcome back to Today's Outdoors. Today I'm going to be talking about my Wyoming hunt. Uh, we went out for antelope and deer, and I'm just going to kind of go over how it went. So uh, we left uh, home August 26th, uh, got everything packed up the night before, left around noon, and uh, it was a long drive out, I think 18 to 20 hours, you know, from Ohio to Wyoming, and we got in about 4 in the morning, and you know, as late as it was, we just decided we weren't going to sleep, ended up unpacking, get everything worked out, set up at the cabin we were staying at, and uh, yeah, got ready to rock and roll. Uh, we went and met with the landowner that morning, and he showed us around the property. It was about uh, 6,000 acres, and how the hunt kind of went was we went out and paid a trespass fee, so you basically pay the landowner. It's kind of like leasing the land for a week or whatever, however long we were there, and uh, we got going on that, and um, got, got situated in the property, kind of figured out the place we kind of wanted to hunt and, uh, saw a lot of, saw a lot of antelope real quick, right out the gate. We saw a lot of bucks and got us pretty excited. So we set up our blinds on some watering holes and some cattle troughs. Uh, there's lots of cows on the property and, uh, you know, got ready to hunt that night. And, you know, first sit, I got in at about four o'clock and, you know, right off the bat had some does come in and I was set up along this, uh, creek. There was a group of little trees at this creek, and uh, the creek ran along the trees, and then there was a water trough up 30 yards in front of me, so hopefully they'd come across the creek and right up to the water trough, and I'd have an easy shot, but uh, the does came in, they were really nervous, and uh, they didn't really want to water at the trough, and they ended up going down in the creek, and then coming back out, and then circling back around, and yada yada, never ended up coming to the trough, but um, you know, they came in close enough, probably about 50 yards for me to shoot, so... You know, that kind of got me excited, so they left, and, uh, you know, the rest of the rest of the evening, uh, till pretty late, you know, it was pretty uneventful, you know, just watched a bunch of does out in the distance, and then, uh, maybe an hour before sunset, uh, I saw a real nice buck come up over the top of this, uh, uh, big hill, or, uh, down into the low spot where lots of the antelope had been feeding, and, you know, I watched him for a long time, and I was kind of hoping he'd work my way, but he ended up working uh, parallel to me with the does to my left and I uh, ended up going out of sight and you know it was getting towards the end of the end of the hunt that night and you know I was kind of getting packed up a little bit and I look out the window to kind of see what the does were up to and I'm looking through my binoculars at the does a couple hundred yards away and then all of a sudden this buck comes across my field of view you know at probably you know 75 yards or something like that and I'm like oh shoot there's one coming in close and um he walked parallel to me and got to the point where the does had crossed the creek, and he went down the creek, and I'm like, man, he's been down there a while, I waited a couple of minutes for him to come out the other side, and he didn't come out the other side, I'm like, well, shoot, he must be watering, so uh, I had thought the creek was dry, most of it was, but in this spot, there was a little bit of a, little bit of a water running, and it was coming out of a pipe, and so he was down there watering, and you know, it was the last half hour of the hunt that night, and I figured, oh, I might as well try something. So I got out of the blind and got to where I could see just the top of his back, and I hit him with the rangefinder, 65 yards. You know, I've been practicing a lot, shooting. Um, I felt comfortable with that distance, so uh, I dialed my sight to 65 and clicked on my release, and no sooner had I clicked on my release had this buck uh, be busted out of the bottom, and, you know, I gave him the staring you know stop and call him Matt or whatever and uh he stops at the top of this creek and I was drawn on him and I felt confident he wasn't he didn't seem super nervous he 
kind of stopped and was like looking around, didn't really know what was up. And, you know, I put the pin on him and I thought he'd went a little bit farther. Uh, so I shot him for about 60, 66, 67, you know, I held, you know, halfway up his back, hoping that, you know, it dropped right in and, uh, the shot broke and it looked good. And he dropped a little bit and he was closer, a yard or two closer than I thought. And I hit him, you know, maybe, you know, top three quarters up on his back and it dropped him immediately. And I'm like, Oh shoot, I spined him. So I grab another arrow and run up and shoot him again. And, you know, uh, got him killed and I went up to him and I, you know, saw that my first shot had went through him. It hit top of his lungs, but my blade had cut or it severed a connection piece in his spine and he had dropped instantly, you know, but you know, I shot him again just because, you know, I was taught to shoot till they're dead and you know, it was a good buck. And you know, I got my pictures with him. I was super stoked with him. Looked like a great buck to me. And, uh, you know, waited for my dad and, uh, the other two guys we were hunting with to come pick me up and, you know, they roll up, pick me up. I'd had him gutted and everything, drugged to the other side of the Creek and they pull up and they're like, Whoa, man, that's a big one. And, uh, sure enough, you know, he's, he's a lot bigger than I thought, you know, he ended up scoring. We scored him later night. I, I'll get to that part, but, um, got him all loaded up and went to pick up the last guy and, uh, he'd gotten a doe that night. So we picked up his doe and got to the place where we were, uh, cut him up the cabin. We had at a little meat shack. So we got him cutting up and we were like, eh, we might as well score him, see what he scores. And, uh, looked it up on Boone and Crock, yeah, how to score him, got him scored. We were pretty conservative with scoring him too. And he ended up going, uh, 84 and a half scoring conservatively and uh you know the 10 year for uh, Boone and Crockett is only 80 and I was like whoa I got me a Boone and Crockett and you know I was super excited about that I didn't know the quality of uh antelope that I'd got and then I was you know I'd shot the first buck that you know I'd had an opportunity at so got all that squared away and everything got him scored up uh got everything in the freezer and all that and you know we were on hunting again and the rest of the week uh shaked out pretty good for everybody you know uh tim was one of the guys who was hunting us he killed his buck the next day and that was a really good buck too is probably it might be close to 80 as well um you'll have to have that one get scored and then uh the rest of the week you know everyone was seeing them uh you know the other guys missed some opportunities my dad had a couple close calls and you know towards that end of the you know tuesday wednesday uh Rex got, or my dad got his first, and then my uh, dad's buddy Rex killed his, and both of them are great antelope. We were really blessed. This property had real good quality of antelope, and, uh, you know, it was time for me to deer hunt, and during the downtime, uh, we did a lot of prairie dog shooting. There was a bunch of prairie dogs out there, towns of, you know, hundreds and hundreds, and I shot some with my bow. We shot a bunch with a rifle. You know, it was a real good time helping the farmers out. Uh, well, like, not farmers, really, more like ranchers, but um, helping get those prairie dogs out of there because, you know, they make a bunch of holes and the cows break their legs and, you know, they're just not good for the property and got a bunch of those taken care of, which the landowner is pretty happy about. But, you know, as September 1st rolled around, it was time for me to start getting deer on it and uh, gotten, gotten permission for this new property, uh, paid a $600 trespass fee, is a little, little pricey, but got on a property where we've seen so, uh, a decent bit of mule deer, which was, I was what I was really looking for. My tag was for either mule deer or whitetail, but um, there's a bunch of mule deer does on this property, but I could not find a mule deer buck on this property. So the first day, um, pretty much scouted the property, figured out that I wanted to hunt this uh, alfalfa field. Uh, back corner, I had a couple nice whitetail bucks on it, so I put a blind up there, and um, 
No got situated that night, you know, right at dark. A nice buck came out, but he's just too far, and I just couldn't see, so I had to let him walk. Uh, and that was the first day of deer hunting. The second day of deer hunting, you know, was looking on this public land the, that morning and saw some does, but just could not find a buck. There was a creek bottom that had lots of cover, you know, lots of green grass for the does to eat, but just could not find a mule buck on that property. So we went to another piece of public land and got on a group of bucks. There was actually a pretty nice buck probably 140 maybe 145 and then there's another buck that was probably 130 and uh made a play on him right off the bat you know drove by and saw him and got out and put a play on him and i had belly crawled into position or there's this old corral and they were better on the other side and i was about 60 yards and you know i was the littler buck had kind of was kind of looking trying to see what was up he, you know kind of sensed something was off but he uh, bedded back down, and I started getting for closer and closer. And you know, a truck comes down the road, and they bust out of there. And I was pretty bummed, but uh, I watched the bucks bed down. You know, watched them for a little bit, and then backed out, made a play on them, circled all the way around, and they were bedded on this hill. And I come up behind them over top. Wind's perfect and everything. And uh, my dad's, you know, a couple hundred yards away. I'm watching him through my binoculars. He's kind of motioning to me where the bucks are. And I get in, and then I see the the little one's rack, and he's, you know, 30 yards. I'm like, oh, man, I'm right on him. And I'm sneaking closer and closer. And I'm about 15 yards from the little buck, and I can just see the rack of the bigger buck. But there, there's another little tiny bump right down this hill, and they're right below the next bump. And I just could not see him for the life of me. I was, I was so close. I was probably 30 yards to the one I was wanting and I got to where I thought I could see the top of his back if I stood up and you know with the cars coming down the road you know I was probably only 200 yards off the off the road and these bucks had you know been bedded a couple hours and I didn't want to really screw with them a whole lot so I decided you know I was going to try and make a play while I had it and uh you know if I'd felt more confident about you know being able to sit on them and wait but you know as, as many people as going down that road he is a big ranching road and you know, other hunters were out, and I thought that making a play on him then would have been best, you know, hindsight 2020, but um, I stood up, and I could not see him, I was at full draw, and um, the buck turned and see me skylight, and they busted out, so I, I missed an opportunity on them, but, you know, I was thrilled to be in on him, you know, stalking mule deer is something I've always dreamed about, and I had a blast doing it, so uh, that evening, you know, I went back and sat at the blind on the alfalfa field. It started raining. Deer activity was still decent. Saw some does. Uh, saw a bunch of mule deer. It was really cool. At one point in this alfalfa field, I could see antelope, mule deer, and a whitetail. So that was really special. But, you know, didn't see any bucks that night that were worth shooting. So next morning, you know, got in. I was set up on a different blind at a different alfalfa field on the same property. And, uh, had a really nice whitetail buck come across the field. He's kind of making his way with me with some does. They're acting kind of nervous, and I was like, "Man, something's up." They're, you know, they hadn't seen me. They hadn't, you know, smelt me. My wind was good. But these deer were just acting funny, and sure enough, you know, they start jogging off and end up running past me at about, you know, 90, 90, 100 yards. You know, just couldn't make a chance on them. I'm like, "Man, what the heck?" And three coyotes run out in the field. I'm like, "Oh man, of course." just my luck but the coyotes ran around and you know my hunt was pretty much over for that morning so got out decided I want to make a play on these mule deer so went out looked for some mule deer at some different places uh tried to find the two bucks from the day before just couldn't find them you know time was crunching you know this is my last day I only had three three days to hunt deer 
So I'm like, man, I think I'm going to try and make a play on this buck that was on the property that we antelope hunted. And uh, he wasn't a big buck by any means, probably 130, 135. But what I was really looking for was a velvet buck, and he was still in velvet. So I was like, oh, that's great, you know. I'll make a, I'll try and do something with him. So got in on this property, and then this creek bottom with this big kind of bluff or plateau or whatever. I don't know the correct term, kind of looking over it. So I could get around, circle around this creek and everything and find where they were. They were just snuck her down in this creek you know they stayed in here a lot and so I knew that he was in there somewhere so I'm working up around this bluff kind of looking down in and I see the does I'm like man he's got to be somewhere in I keep circling around and finally I see him but this bluff juts out to where it cuts back around and there's just open prairie and he was just out in this open prairie and I couldn't really get a move on him so I backed up got down to the creek snuck around and got into the creek bottom, and I started belly crawling through the creek bottom, and I'm making ground on them, and get closer and closer, and then the does start showing up, and there's does everywhere. I had does 20 yards, 30 yards, you know, they're everywhere. And um, I was like, man, you know, I cannot keep moving on this buck, and the does kept coming closer to me, and finally one kind of came up around this log and saw me, and she kind of trotted off, and the other does started getting nervous and started going with her, and they kind of trot past the buck, and he starts to follow him. I'm like, man, blew it. So um, the buck actually, he's taking his time. He's not too worried. So he goes across this field into the other side of the creek bottom. I'm like, man, last day, I'm going to be aggressive. I run across this prairie, get to the creek bottom, using big brush piles, you know, trees and everything, keeping them in between me and the deer. And uh, I got in close, and uh, I had him at 80, you know, trying to dial and range and keep them from stopping and I'm just trying and trying they're just walking away and finally I get to 60 yards and I get the full draw and I put the pin on them and I realized my back bar stabilizer had been bumping loose I'd been fighting it all day and it was up against my cam so I couldn't shoot I had to let down you know move my sidebar and he started walking again so I kept making a play on him and finally I got to where he had stopped out in this opening and was watching his does the does were still kind of trotting away everything He's at 108 yards, and I just dialed as far as I could, you know, put the pin over his back, and I thought, man, this is my chance. It's not something I recommend, you know, I shouldn't have done it, but, you know, I shot him, or I shot at him at uh, 108, and I had, you know, no wind, nothing like that. I had all the time in the world, took my time. The shot broke, and I watched this arrow sail. And he turns and looks, but just watches this arrow go right under him. I took hairs off his belly. I had hairs in my broadhead at 108 yards, and he didn't drop. It would have been a perfect heart shot if he had dropped six inches. I was super bummed. They run off, and, you know, he's perfectly fine. I didn't hurt him or nothing like that. And Went and got my arrow and backed out. Decided, you know, I'd had enough fun with the mule deer. And, you know, I'd kind of boogered up all the ones I kind of knew about. So went in. You know, last night, I'm sitting on this uh, alfalfa field, same spot I'd sat the two previous nights, and, you know, the deer coming out earlier than they were the nights before, and I was getting excited. I was like, man, maybe this is the night. And I'm just not seeing the bucks. I see the couple bucks that the big one I knew that was living there had been running with, and, you know, right at last light. I'd gotten, I'd stood out of the blind because inside the blind it was too dark. I couldn't see. I'm standing beside the blind in this tall grass, and sure enough, I see the outline of a buck come out. And it is like two minutes maybe before shooting lights over. 
and it was cloudy so it was a little bit darker than it might have could have been if it was a clear night but you know he comes around and there's this low spot and I figured he'd work his way around the low spot and he'd be at 45 yards perfectly like right at all the other deer had so I dial my sight and he starts to go around it and then he jumps down the low spot and comes up the other side in about three or four seconds and I'm sitting there at full draw like oh no he's quartered to me and I you know just panicked I was focusing on my pen I was focusing on my bubble I was focusing on my peep and I wasn't thinking and I put the pin on him and shot and my arrow went right over him you know I was shooting him for 45 when he was probably no less than you know or no more probably than 20 you know he's so close and I watched a big you know probably 145 150 inch velvet buck you know run off you know I was super bummed lost an arrow um yeah now that pretty much concluded my hunt and you know in hindsight, you know, I let the deer kind of stress me out and everything like that. You know, it was I only had three days of crunch time to kind of figure out and try and find a deer to shoot, you know, a white-tailed mule deer. So it was a it was a hard task and a lot of pressure. And, you know, I kind of let that, you know, sour, sour my attitude. But, you know, all in all, the hunt was amazing. I shot so many prairie dogs. I shot a boon and crocodile antelope on the first night and got to, you know, achieve my dream of, you know, spot and stalking mule deer and chasing whitetail you know in a state I'd never been before and it was all it was all great and it was amazing hunt probably do it again next year um I don't know if I'll get a deer tag but you know and that was pretty much the hunt you know I had a great time out there um I'm thinking maybe of doing deer there with a rifle it'd be a little bit easier you know I could have killed multiple deer with a rifle you know on all those stalks but um you know if I get the days even I could even go back in November and try and hunt the same property I was at with a rifle but who knows um you know it was a lot of learning experience that's for sure and definitely expanded my knowledge on hunting and you know it's first time really hunting you know kind of out west besides my bear hunt in April but um I had a great time and I would recommend it to anybody, you know, DIY and hunting Wyoming, you know, every, every ranch out there has got a trespass fee. You just got to figure it out, you know, find places that are holding animals, get your tags lined up. And, you know, that's, that's the one thing I, you know, can come away saying from this hunt, you know, if anyone's been dreaming of doing a mule deer, whitetail, antelope hunt, you know, there's places to do it and it's not crazy expensive, you know, tags are a couple hundred dollars and then your couple hundred dollars, your trespass fee or whatnot, but you know, it's not, it's not unachievable, and people, you know, they put off their dream hunts, or hunts that they want to go on, and they put it off, and put it off, and, you know, sometimes you just got to buy the tags, and just do it, you just got to go for it, figure out the logistics and stuff as you go, but, you know, there's no regrets from going out, and, you know, kind of taking on the challenge, and going on this hunt, you know, I had a great time, you know, and, you know, it's a memory that'll last a lifetime, you know, in a couple months, I'll have a, you know, Boone and Crockett antelope on the wall, you know, I gotta wait for it to get officially scored, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that he went Boone and Crockett, and, you know, just a magnificent animal, um, really blessed to have been able to go on this hunt, and, you know, it's something that, you know, I'll probably do again, you know, I really caught the itch out there for the western hunting, but, you know, that's pretty much it for today, guys, you know, this is kind of short little recap of the hunt, how it went. And, uh, yeah, basically, you know, 
if anyone's got any questions on, you know, kind of how we went about it or how to maybe plan something like this, you know, I'm more than welcome to help anyone out because, you know, it was something that I didn't think I would do, you know, anytime soon, you know, I'm, you know, 20 years old working on, you know, 40 hour work week and, you know, managed to get out West and go to a state I've never been to and hunt animals that, you know, not everyone out East gets to hunt and, you know, hunting, hunting out West is something that, you know, really grows on you and it's definitely something I'm going to have to do again, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I appreciate the listen guys and have a good night.